You are listening to the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, episode 193, Equity Principle Auditions, What I Wish I Knew Before Going to My First EPA. Let's get started. What's up, everyone? My name is Maggie Barra. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Actor Aesthetic Podcast, where I take you behind the scenes of the theater industry. The Actor Aesthetic Podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at actoraesthetic.com slash podcast. You can also follow me for more on social media at Actor Aesthetic or my personal account at Maggie Barra. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get on to the show. Well, if you're new to New York City or you're thinking about going to New York City sometime in the future for auditions, hear me out. This episode's going to be really helpful to hear from a firsthand recount of my very first equity principal audition I ever went to. As someone who's been to quite a few auditions in the city and equity principal auditions in the city, I know a thing or two about EPAs. So now before we even get into the specifics, I do just want to briefly talk about Actors' Equity Association and the ins and outs of these types of auditions, because if you're newer to the industry, you might not be as familiar with them as someone who's, you know, hustling right now in a big city like New York City or Los Angeles. Maybe you're still in college and you're thinking about moving to a city like New York. Maybe you are in high school and you want to go to an EPA near you in, in Philly or or in Seattle, or in Chicago, and you see that a show that you really want to audition for, like, I don't know, the the touring production of Aladdin, or Hamilton, or Wicked, they're having a local EPA. Well, let me discuss exactly what Actors' Equity is, and how it can benefit you in the long run when you are pursuing a career in the theater. So Actors' Equity Association is the union representing more than 51,000 stage actors and stage managers in the United States, and it provides a wide range of benefits for its members, like work conditions, how long you have to go before you take a break in your rehearsals, what's the minimum pay you must receive on a specific type of contract. But it also includes auditions run by the union. And so you'll hear me maybe talk about equity principal auditions, or otherwise known as EPAs, or equity chorus calls, otherwise known as ECCs. Those types of auditions are required by the union for any production or theater that is run under an equity contract. So what exactly is an equity principal audition, otherwise known as an EPA? These are just casting calls generally, and I say generally, for leading and or featured roles in a production or season of productions. Though they're technically auditions for lead characters, quote unquote, you may be considered for any role. So say you go to an EPA for a production of Legally Blonde, a regional production of Legally Blonde, and you see the breakdown of roles and you see they're looking for an L and an Emmett and a Warner and a Vivian and so on and so on. 
well, you can attend that audition and still be considered for the ensemble. You could be considered for the ensemble to cover one of those lead roles. You can be considered for a lead role, a featured role, whatever. But basically, these are just carved out to focus on the lead and featured aspect of the the world in which you're auditioning for. Now, if you see that a production is having an equity principal audition on a certain day, say you see that on Backstage or Playbill or Broadway World or even the Actors Equity website, you see that Hamilton is having an equity principal audition on May 16th and they're looking for the following roles. Well, what do you do? So the reason why I record this episode today is because your first few equity principal auditions or equity course calls that you attend or even open calls that you attend in a large setting in an important city like New York City, they're going to be a little scary. And I think the reason why most likely is because they're new. They're unfamiliar. There's a lot of uncharted territory when it comes to specifically equity auditions. There are a lot of rules. There are a lot of unspoken rules. And I'm trying to just get to the bottom of it all so that you have the most high level information about these auditions. And then you can just walk in feeling confident, knowing the rules, knowing what to expect, and just going in there and showing your stuff. If you are new to the world of EPAs, there are several things that I wish I had known before my first one. And I'm going to tell you those today. So here we go. So I found an audition journal spreadsheet that I was keeping in 2017, 2018, 2019, and the beginning of 2020. I cannot believe that I kept this going for that long. Now, I'm sure not everything is put in there. You know, I might have missed an audition here or there, and things got a little crazy basically in 2018, 2019 when things were really picking up and I was going to a crap ton of auditions. But this is crazy to look at because I remember these auditions like just by looking at my notes for them. So I must have taken really good notes because, or maybe my memory is stronger than I thought. But I'm scrolling through and I have one of my first auditions that I, I wrote down was a singer audition for Holland America, a, a video request for Rock of Ages on Norwegian Cruise Line. These were back in 2017. You know, an open call for Disney. An appointment, one of my first appointments out of college with a casting director that I'm now really close with. And then my very first EPA. I see it. I see it. It was June 5th, 2017. Wow. June 5th, 2017 at the Actors' Equity Building. And it was for a play, a new play that was being produced by Playwrights Realm. I wrote down here that all I had to do was do a monologue. So I think I did like my showcase monologue from college because I didn't have a whole lot of monologues. And I wore flats, jean capris, a red ruffle top, my hair pinned up half up, half down. And I, I, I do remember the way that I wore my hair because 
back in the day, I didn't have, I didn't really wear my hair naturally curly. And so I, I straightened the crap out of it. And then I, I curled it with a, a wand and I put it up in this like half up, half down to make it, take it out of my face. And I also wore extensions. So my hair was really, really long and I had to get it out of my face. And I also wrote down the people that I auditioned for. I auditioned for the casting associate, another assistant and another assistant. So it was basically everyone at that office minus the head casting director at that office. And as I'm scrolling through the rest of my auditions, I noticed that I didn't really go to a whole lot of EPAs or ECCs my first year out of school. I went to a lot of auditions relatively, but I didn't go to a lot of EPAs and ECCs. And I think the reason is twofold. Number one, I didn't really understand the logistics behind them, which scared me. So I knew that they existed. I knew you could go to them, but I didn't really know how they worked. And when I don't know how something works, it scares me and I don't even want to touch it. I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I'll just do something else that's a little bit more comfortable to me. And it's it's hard to break out of your shell and, and try something that's not normal for you. I think that that is probably the biggest reason. But the other large reason for me not going to a lot of EPAs or ECCs was because I couldn't. Um, I showed up, I probably showed up to a bunch because I remember taking pictures of myself or at least taking pictures of my journey. And I remember actually sharing a lot of them on social media through Actor Aesthetic. That was the first year I actually ever had Actor Aesthetic. I can't believe it. But this first year out of college, I was EMC. And, you know, by the end of this year, not many people will even be talking about EMC anymore because it's it's not really relevant to our conversation. The EMC program was the Equity Membership Candidate Program. Long story short, you could earn points per week's worked at certain theaters across the U.S., you could earn points towards your eventual membership to join Actors' Equity. At first, you had to have 50 points, so 50 weeks worked. Didn't have to be consecutive. They didn't have to be 50 consecutive weeks back to back to back, but they had to be 50 somewhere. And that's a lot of weeks. That's a year's worth of work to join the union. Now, if you were on a non-union tour, you couldn't get equity points for that. So you could work professionally on tour in a Broadway tour, but then not earn points to join the union. Um, And then they changed it to 25. And now it is totally eliminated. So this program doesn't exist anymore. They don't really honor it. And since then, they have opened something called Equity Open Access, which allows basically anyone who's interested to join the union as long as they meet certain requirements. But regardless of whether or not you're equity or non-equity, which we'll talk about later on in this episode, I, I do want to say first and foremost that the, the number one thing that I wish I knew walking into these auditions was to stay close to the monitor. This is one of the best tips I can offer if you can, right? There are certain rules and regulations at different studios, like, for example, the Actors' Equity Building. When you go there and say you're non-union, you want to get there a little bit earlier so that you can sort of understand the ropes of that specific building, but you're going to be held in a different room than the equity members are. 
when you're at a studio like Pearl Studios or Ripley Greer that are in New York City and you're not at the equity building, the rules are a little bit different. And so I cannot stress the importance enough of staying close to the audition monitor. If you can, sit right outside the audition room with an earshot of the monitor. This way you can hear when your name is called and you can be ready to go in without any delay. Timing is so crucial at these auditions. Some of these monitors that run the equity auditions are so to the book. They check people in up to 10 minutes before the audition. They close check-in, and then they start calling in equity alternates, people who are signed up on the list, or... You have non-union actors who are on a list but can be called literally at any given moment. So if you're getting close to your number, you don't want to leave that room. You don't want to go far. You don't want to have to go and change or take a step outside. You need to be close to that audition monitor because... You you could be called. Your name could be called. You could be calling off the alternate list or the non-equity list. And, and if you're not there, physically present when your name is called and you run up like, you know, after your name is called and they already moved on to the next person, they literally won't let you go in and audition. You have to get to the bottom, the very bottom of whichever list you signed up for. And that sucks. Like that actually sucks, especially if you've been there since four, five, six o'clock in the morning waiting for a chance to audition. So you want to, if you can, Find a spot that is close to the audition monitor so that you hear the rules. You know, you hear firsthand from the person that's running the audition what's going on. Number two is I really wish this is so important, especially at some of these audition buildings in the summer, is to bring a warm jacket. Okay, so. Some of the audition buildings, right, like in in the fall and in the winter, you might have to stand outside for a little bit before the audition begins to maybe sign up on a non-official list, the non-official non-equity list. But chances are, if you are equity, you won't have to wait around outside before the audition begins. You can literally be in the building, in the audition holding room. Great, whatever. But whether you are equity or non-equity, if it's a super busy audition day and you don't have a set time in which you'll be auditioning, you didn't get an appointment, you might be waiting around a long time. Now, I remember this audition that I went to, this very first EPA that I went to, I sat around till 5.30 and this audition ran until 6. So I was there probably from... 7 30 in the morning till 5 30 at night literally sitting there waiting to audition now I definitely brought some stuff to work on and I think at the time I was working on my actor aesthetic stuff so I was I was very preoccupied and I wasn't too worried about the time going by but I did wait a long time and these audition buildings can get really really cold So you want to make sure that you have something that's going to keep you warm it's going to keep you comfortable um these, these spaces are notorious for being colder than you might th- expect. And, um, you know, you just want to make sure that you're comfortable so that you can focus on your performance rather than shivering and, and cold sweating outside <laughs> in the waiting area. The next thing that I freaking wish I knew was along those lines, how long you actually have to wait. Now, if you are an equity member, and you are able to sign up for an EPA 
online, then you can sign up for a time slot. This isn't always the case when you're equity. Sometimes you get to the signups too late and you don't get a slot. Or even if you get there in person and you want to sign up for a slot and you're equity, all the slots are taken in person. And so you have to wait on a list. When you're non-equity, you might never know when you're going to go because you're not necessarily going to have a set time in which you're going to audition. So be prepared, especially when you're non-equity, for a long wait time. They can be long affairs. And you have to be prepared for the waiting game because what I wish I knew before going to my first EPA was just how long I might have to wait and how that might affect me as a performer. Okay. So I mean, you know, I get there, I might have warmed up in the car with my dad on the way to auditions or whatever, right? But then I get there and I'm waiting around all day. And if I'm sitting there and I'm waiting around all day in a cold audition room, What does that do to you, right? It affects you physically. Maybe you're sitting crouched over the whole time and so you have bad posture. Maybe you're wrinkling your clothes. Maybe you're losing the the ability to sing a certain note because you haven't warmed up in a long time. Be prepared for the way that it does affect you physically so that you can get ahead of it and give a good audition. If you're going to be sitting around all day, not only do you want to bring a warm jacket, but you want to bring things that are going to preoccupy your mind, make the wait worthwhile, and keep you warm and healthy. Whatever that means to you. Maybe you want to bring a good book that's going to keep you mentally fresh, or you want to bring your computer, your laptop, so you can get some work done on your computer. Or you want to bring headphones so that you can stay focused. You can stay, you know, maybe you can even meditate if that's something that is interesting to you and might help you. You also want to make sure you're stretching on your off time, lightly warming up your voice when you can and respectfully. It's hard to figure out exactly what time you're going to be jumping in. Sometimes it's really, really random and you might be waiting around for a long time and then boom, you have to go audition. So you do want to do things throughout the day that are going to set you up for success when the opportunity presents itself. The fourth thing that I wish I knew was the non-equity reality. Okay. So when you're first starting out, you might go to a lot of auditions. You might, you might show up at least to a lot of EPAs when you're non-equity and that's great. And you're going to learn the ropes really quick and it's going to make you feel less stressed, hopefully, because you'll understand what to expect. However, you're not always going to get seen at every single audition. In fact, I probably didn't even write things down at so many of these auditions that I even went to because I wasn't seen. I might have showed up at the very beginning of the the audition and then they decided they weren't going to see non-equity and that was it for me. I literally showed up, sat there, waited for the audition to open and then the team said, sorry, we don't have enough time to see non-equity or we are not seeing non-equity today. And that's it. And that is the reality. So great. That's something that I wish I knew. But then also, number five, I wish I knew what a drop-off was. And if you don't know what a drop-off is, it's what it sounds like, and I'm going to tell you why they're so important. Many people don't realize that drop-offs are a possibility at EPA. So if the casting team decides not to see non-equity actors, they may still allow you to drop off your headshot and resume. 
the only way you're going to know whether or not drop-offs are a thing at the audition you're at is either you're in the holding room and you hear the monitor say, we are not seeing non-equity actors today. However, we are accepting drop-offs or you politely approach the monitor at any given point during the audition and ask whether or not the team is accepting drop-offs. All that a drop-off is, is just handing the monitor your headshot and resume stapled back to back. And if you want to know the industry standards for resumes right now, go to actoraesthetic.com forward slash resume. I have a template for you that you can use to your advantage. Drop-offs are great because maybe a team really does want to see non-equity actors. They just don't have time to see them, especially if it's like a well-known casting director and there are going to be a lot of equity actors that show up, which is a given, but they are always open to seeing non-equity talent. They're going to accept drop-offs so that they can have you on their files. And, and if and when an opportunity exists where there's an audition and they're looking for maybe young talent, maybe a specific kind of talent, they're going to call you up if they have your headshot and resume on file. Now, going back to the waiting room reality, which scares the crap out of so many people um, when they first come to a big city like New York, it's surprisingly more daunting the waiting room itself, it's surprisingly more daunting than the actual audition room. I am not kidding. Like, I'm not capping when I say that the anticipation, the energy, and the nerves of fellow actors, it's going to be really overwhelming. It always is. And <clears throat> honestly, you can't control how others interact around you. Sometimes it can be really frustrating, it can be overwhelming, it can be nerve-wracking to see people have really big energies around you or, or warming up really loud, but you can't control that, right? You can only control yourself. That's fine. But know that that doesn't really exist in the audition room, right? When you walk into the audition room, most likely you're going to have a few people sitting behind a table maybe one on their phone, maybe one on their computer, maybe one taking notes, maybe one just watching you. And you'll have, if you're auditioning for a musical theater production, you'll have someone sitting at a piano. But that's it. And it's pretty standard across the board. Like most audition rooms are going to look something like that. Holding rooms, on the other hand, you never know. Sometimes they're loud and bustling and have tons and tons of people in them. Sometimes there's like no one that showed up that day for some reason. Maybe the weather, maybe the type of audition that it was. You can't control that, right? But know that it's way less daunting in the actual audition room than outside. And then lastly, what I wish I knew before going into my first Equity Principal edition is that EPAs are overall not as scary as you'd think right like i i didn't know anything about epas i i genuinely knew very little about the union walking into my first equity principal audition and i went to school for musical theater like i got a whole bfa in this and i did not know i certainly did not know the difference between an ecc and an epa I just kept hearing all of these acronyms and I was like, what the frick does any of this mean? It, it really scared me. But then when I went to this EPA and I literally walked into the room and I did a monologue and I said, thank you. And I left. Oh my God. I was like so proud of myself. I realized it was not as scary as I thought. 
And I was able to go on with my day. Like in actuality, I found that in the years following my college experience, I got so much better at auditioning because I went to a ton of EPAs. Now, you don't need to go to hundreds of EPAs, and you frankly don't need to go to every single one that you see in New York City. You don't need to run around and go to one at 10 o'clock and hope to be seen at the other one. Start slow when you first start out so that you can understand the ropes and you can figure out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Equity principle auditions are going to be challenging, but they are also honestly just incredible opportunities for actors to showcase their talents and to network, especially when they are new to the market. And by understanding the nuances of this process and learning from the experiences of those who have been through it, you can approach these auditions with much more confidence and composure than I ever did at 22, 23 years old. Remember that any audition, whether successful or not, is a chance to learn and grow as an actor. My friends, if you enjoyed this episode or if you found it helpful, please be sure to screenshot it, share it to your Instagram story, tag at Actor Aesthetic, so I can see who's following along with me there. If you have a topic suggestion, maybe something you're struggling with currently in the theater industry, feel free to send it my way. I love to answer your questions and I try to be as helpful as possible because it's only what I wish I had going into these auditions totally, totally blind. I love you all. It takes a village. I'll see you next week. Thank you.